Welcome to FMC Radio, your officially unofficial source for all things Free Methodist. From in-depth discussions with key FMC leaders to daily updates during events like General Conference, we want to keep a consistent stream of information flowing to you regarding where God is leading the Free Methodist Church. I'm your host, Josh Avery. We want to invite you to sit back, relax, and join us on this journey as we learn what it means to be Free Methodist in this episode of the FMC Radio Show. Hey everybody, it's June 26, 2017, episode 14 today of FMC Radio, and uh, just got back a few days ago from a very successful trip out to West Virginia um, to the Black Hills Free Methodist Camp, and specifically I was there for the teen camp. Now this is in Grafton, West Virginia. Um, Now I had no idea, if you don't know where that is, uh, that's okay. I had no idea either. It's kind of, the camp itself is almost in the middle of nowhere in the sense that it's in the middle of the woods, um, up on a hill. Uh, I mean, it is within 15 minute, 10 minute drive of, you know, some some landmarks such as Walmart and some other things. So it's not out in the middle of nowhere, nowhere. Um, But it is in Grafton and uh, we did have uh, about... 50 kids there for that team camp. A lot of exciting things happened, and just to give you an idea of what you're going to be hearing here in a few weeks, um, I have recorded an interview with several different kids, um, and one of them is an atheist who has become a Christian through what has happened at the teen camp. So that's just kind of something to look forward to in about a month or so. You will be hearing that interview and some other things that have happened from Black Hills. But I just wanted to let you know kind of what to expect and just start getting excited for what the work is being done there over in the Wabash Conference, which the Black Hills Teen Camp is a part of. Breaking news. In our breaking news today, first and foremost, we have news from the Free Methodist headquarters that the church as a whole, the denomination is continuing to grow. Um, for the fifth straight year, weekly worship attendance has been increasing in Free Methodist churches in the United States. And this is this is kind of notable because many Christian denominations are experiencing, experiencing attendance losses throughout the United States. Um, but uh, Free Methodism is one of the few Christian denominations that are actually increasing. And uh, within... Uh, the last five years, we have seen uh, nearly 12% increase over those last five years. Now, every single year, it's only a little tiny increase. Now, if you're able to see um, the chart that the Free Methodist Church put out, you're able to see it's just just uh, by hundreds every year. It's just a little bit, little bit, little bit. But when you look at it on a bigger scale and you realize, okay, from 2015 to 2016, there's really only like an increase of 500 people across the United States. So, so you say, that's oh, not really a whole lot. But when you look at a five-year span, you're talking about a 12-year increase. Um, well, it may seem small. You're actually um, having a 12, 12% increase over that time. So it's pretty interesting to see and it's great to see that the Free Methodist Church is growing and we are continuing to I know spread churches and it's a vision of our bishops to continue to spread and to continue to plant churches so that is an exciting work that will continue throughout these next years I'm sure 
Um, as a second and third, um, just some things to almost uh, breaking news um, announcement type date things to put on your calendar, just things to look forward to. Um, there is coming up very, very soon here on July 9th, the bishops have sent out an email that has a secondary email from the National Association of Evangelicals, the NAE. And in this email, they're asking to go across denominational lines and that all the churches uh, who have this email, all the churches that are are aware of it, be willing to dedicate a portion of the July 9th worship service to a time of prayer for spiritual renewal in our communities and our country. And they're just calling this very simply Pray Together Sunday. So it doesn't matter, you know, whether you disagree uh, from the Baptists down the street or the Presbyterians or, you know, there may be those denominational differences. But on this day, July 9th, we're trying to get everybody together and the bishop have have kind of reviewed what is on uh, this site and what is a part of this Pray Together Sunday event, and they are um, putting their stamp of approval on this and asking that any churches or any people who are willing to just take some time out of your day, whether it's during that service or maybe later on, on July 9th, to just join together knowing that other Christians across America will be doing the same thing on Pray Together Sunday, July 9th. You can find out more information about that on nae.net slash pray together. Again, that's nae.net slash pray together. Now, um, for our second date, and I've, I may have mentioned this a while back, um, but I think I, I think we just kind of talked in generalities, maybe. Um, I have a specific date for you for Freedom Sunday. Freedom Sunday, of course, is uh, put on by the Set Free Movement. And uh, ICCM, as we talked with uh, Alicia a while back, um, we um, mentioned that ICCM um, works closely with Freedom Sunday and the Set Free Movement. And so September 14th, I'm sorry, I, I, I misspoke. September 24th, so not September 14th, but September 24th. September 24th, that's a Sunday morning, is Freedom Sunday, where you're just supposed to dedicate a portion of your service to talking about freedom and talking about, uh, maybe it could be a portion, maybe it could be the entire thing if you want to. Uh, maybe inviting someone from ICCM to come over and talk about child sponsorship. There could be all sorts of exciting things that you could make a part of a Freedom Sunday, but it's really to raise awareness about modern day slavery and some of the issues that surround that, as we were able to hear in that interview a few episodes back with ICCM. But you can find out all sorts of things um, about this Freedom Sunday or even sign up your church at fmcusa.org slash Freedom Sunday. So go ahead and check that out today. I really encourage you to get over there and uh, check out what's going to be happening. And really, I, I want to say pray, you know, if you should be a part of this. Um, and I think that's kind of like the, the nice way of putting it. You know, you know, pray if you, you, know, you and your church should be really be a part of this. But honestly, I don't think there's too much praying that needs to be done. I think that uh, when it comes to you know us speaking out against some of these matters and us standing up for especially children um, who are being put in these situations, I don't think we need to be sitting back and, and praying, you know, should I really talk about this from the pulpit this Sunday? No, I, I think it might be pretty clear um, that, that each of us should do this in some way. So whether it's on that Sunday or another week or, you know, whether if you're not a pastor and you don't have that kind of influence um, and you're out there, maybe you post something on your Facebook or you talk to your friends or organize an event, you know, there's all sorts of ways that you can get the word out and kind of decide to do this. Um, but again, that's September 24th. So you have a few months to kind of put your head together and figure something out uh, of what you want to do. 
Um, so with those things, uh, keep those things in mind. We've got a lot of exciting things coming up. And of course, there's more and more things making themselves known throughout the summer. Exciting things happening this summer. Um, and I can't wait to share even more things with you that uh, within these next few weeks and in uh, conversations and all sorts of things. Um, but let's get back to this episode and move on to our interview for today. Okay, so we're here today with Will Mosier-Peterson, and he is coming to us from the Oakdale Christian Academy in Kentucky. Will, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I just uh, was so excited. I was here at the Pittsburgh Conference and uh, happened to see that you set up a, a table right next to me, and I had wanted to talk to you guys and was hoping you would have some time, and sure enough, we scheduled a little time in. <laughs> Excellent. It's good, good to be here. I'm glad we're, glad we're here to make these connections. That's one thing I love about the Free Methodist Church is that we're all connected and all seeing all the different ministries that are out there and appreciate what you're doing. Yeah. Help spread the word. Yeah, thanks. Um, I think this is one of those things. Oakdale is probably one of those uh, things that, uh, to the average churchgoer that just attends on Sundays, maybe even members, they may not have an understanding or know of what this is all about, similar to some other ministries that we've talked to before um, on previous episodes. And so um, first, just to kind of start off, give us an idea of your um, past and, and how you got involved with Oakdale or, or what your connection uh, to the Free Methodist Church was and, and that whole story. Yes, well, I grew up in a Free Methodist Church in Midland, Texas. I was actually born into a pastor's family. Um, my dad was a pastor for a number of years, moved to Midland, Texas, and my grandfather was a lay pastor of a church for quite a while and ended up going to college at Central Christian College in Kansas. So that was kind of my, my college years. Met a young lady there who became a Free Methodist pastor. My wife, Roberta, and I have been married over 20 years now and just followed her in ministry, and we've served in Texas Conference, in Gateway Conference, Great Plains Conference, and now mm. we're in New South Conference and serving at Oakdale Christian Academy. So how many years have you been in Oakdale? Been in Oakdale for six years. For six years, okay. My wife and I had a call there after doing some foster parenting and just really felt a, a desire to serve teenagers. Never had biological children, so we kind of felt called to serving others' children all of our lives, and so it's just a continuation of what we believe the Lord has drawn us to. So you've been there for six years. I'm thinking it's a little older than that. How old is Oakdale itself? Oakdale started in 1921. Okay. It was uh, started by a couple of ladies who came to the hills of Kentucky as missionaries. Kentucky was a foreign mission zone at that time. So Free Methodist Church appointed missionaries there, and we've had a lot of changes in our history. However, we're still uh, continuing to strive to lead teenagers to Christ. And that's the main goal, is to lead teenagers to Christ. Of course, there's a lot of sub-goals. <laughs> yes, correct. So so um, what um, I'm, I'm looking at, at some information that, that you had given. Even today, you got to a, little, a chance to speak at the conference, and you talked about these five points of distinction, um, and I'm looking at those now. And so there's five characteristics that make Oakdale unlike any other school. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about those things and kind of what sets it apart from other schools? Sure. Well, I can go over the five points here briefly. Um, yep. We're Christ-centered. We're a boarding program. We focus on our academics and our facilities, and we're affordable. 
Uh, we are the only free Methodist boarding school in the United States, fully accredited with our academic program by ACSI and Southern Association of Colleges and Schools. And we usually have a college placement rate of around 90% any given year. We've upgraded our facilities in the last 20 years, built a new classroom gymnasium building, completed a 40-bed girls dormitory in 2015. We are in the middle of expanding our boys dormitory at this point. And one thing we want to do is we want to provide an excellent education, an excellent boarding program, however, making it affordable for families. If a family needs to have their child at Oakdale, we are doing our best to make sure that they can attend Oakdale no matter what the family financial situation is. Okay. So um, how many students are you able to have at Oakdale? Currently, we have about 60 students. That's about maxing out our capacity. Okay. However, we are expanding our boys' dormitory, and so as soon as that is done, we should be around the 80 mark uh, okay. for our students. Okay, great. So um, is there any uh, requirement in the sense of who's able to attend? Is it just if a parent says, oh, I think I'm going to send them there, or is there some sort of requirement um, that, that they need to meet in order to attend? Sure. We believe that um, many students, even in our even our Christian families are uh, challenged by life circumstances, whether they're being bullied in school because of their faith, whether they're being bullied in school just because they're going through that phase in their teenage life, or some students who have been adopted into families and just don't know what to do with that are, um, are, are pretty much the students who we serve at Oakdale. Uh, we do require that a student want to attend Oakdale, so they need okay. to have some willingness to be there. Yeah, um, We're not a place where you can just say, you know what, Tired of you, I'm going to send you, right. send you yeah, to boarding send school. Boarding school. <laughs> we want them to have some desire to be there. We're going to take a look at their academics. We're going to look at them um, from a social life side of things to make sure they're going to be a good fit. We really want to see the students succeed. So we're going to be wanting to um, help them succeed, whether it's uh, getting through these, this difficult period in their life, whether it's um, succeed in college, whether it's succeeding in, in whatever God has called them to do. So um, how long is, does, the, does the school year run for? How long are they there? We run a, t a standard 10-month school year. Okay, so we run months. from uh, usually August till May. We also run a six-week summer program called our Summer Lead Academy. Okay. That actually starts on June 11th this year. That runs six weeks. That's a good opportunity for our um, new students to actually experience Oakdale in, short of, in a shorter period to help them determine, you know, this is going to be a good fit for me for, for my school years. Um, we do, we serve students between grades 7th through 12th grade, mm -hmm. and so any point in that period, we'd love to be able to, to serve families. Great, okay. So with all of these, uh, right now, 60, you said? Or, uh, Around 60, 60 students. students. Mm -hmm. So with these 60 students staying there um, during the normal school year, and then some even, even staying there in the summer, um, how is that? Uh, how, how do you work with the staff? How many staff do you have and how, who needs to stay there and how many per dorm and how does that all work? We typically have a, a full-time dorm parent in each dormitory. So we have two, two floors in our girls' dorms. We have two dorm parents in the girls' dorm. We have one dorm parent in the, in the boys' dorm. So anytime there's students on campus, we have, student, we have dorm parents in the facilities with them. We, um, our staff is typically there during each of the sessions. So at any given point, we may have a staff to student ratio of maybe two staff members to one student. Mm -hmm. And in our classrooms, we usually run about nine students to each teacher. So okay. we have a very close-knit close community there. We all, yeah. we all live on campus as well. 
so we're all there able to ing- uh, just be Jesus to these kids. Great, which is 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 good because um, having that interaction and availability as well. Having gone to um, well, I, I graduated from a smaller Christian school and then also going to Geneva College, which was pretty small in terms of colleges. You know, you get that personal interaction with teachers, with the staff. Um, whereas at some of those bigger locations, it, you know, it's kind of easy to slide under the radar or you, know, you don't really have the time for the students because, you know, just so many to focus on. So, yeah, that's definitely good. Um, I, I think, I may be wrong, but I think I saw a sign that said that you guys are hiring now. Is that, is that what you're We do have a couple, of, a couple of positions open here for the next school year. We um, always struggle for the... Um, Math teachers, we have a math teacher now, but our science position is open. So math and science are usually hard for any school to recruit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, we do have a science position open, and we are looking at um, a, dorm, a couple of dorm parent positions that we're always looking for dorm parents. We need a cook at this point, too, it looks like. And we are also looking at um, needing to have somebody new in our IT department. So, okay, so quite, quite, quite a few. Not a lot of them are really extremely urgent, except for science right. teacher. Yeah. But the rest of them are just kind of ongoing positions. Preparing for the fall, trying to get those things filled before before yes. the big school year comes back up around again. And as we continue to grow, we're always looking for, for new people who feel called to this type of ministry. So if somebody's look, interested in one of those positions, would they go to your website or how would they, how would they find we, out We more? do have our, most of our positions listed on the website. If it's not listed there, the application is there that you can fill out and just um, just send that back to us. That would be at oakdalechristian.org, and if you uh, look at the show notes after this, you can see, I'll put a link to that and some other resources as well, some videos and things. I know I've seen some of those on YouTube that you guys can uh, check out, the listener can check out after this. Um, So as I'm looking at some of your information, I'm seeing, so we talked a little bit about, uh, of course, the grades, 7 through 12. Um, so that gives us an idea now, and we, we know there's both male and female students. But um, tell us about a little bit about the countries that are represented, or, or what, where does that come from? Yes, that's one thing that makes Oakdale unique, is we not only serve students from all over the United States, we also serve students from up any given year, maybe eight different countries. This last school year, we served students from Russia, served students from Ethiopia, Rwanda, Nigeria, had a kid from Hong Kong, from China, and then we have a number of students who have been adopted in, from any given nation around the world. So that, you know, that's their that's their birthplace. They may have been adopted into U.S. family, but they do have, you know, that is still in their DNA. So, um, is there how, how do um, kids in these other countries and their parents how are they learning about Oakdale in the uh, uh, school of sixty in the middle of Kentucky? How are they learning about this? <laughs> Really, really interesting. We have majority of our families hear about us online. Many okay. of them are searching for a Christian uh, school in the United States that they can have their students come to the United States for school, and they're okay. looking for the Christian environment. So many of our foreign students are looking for that Christian boarding school experience uh, Okay, with, the, with, with, with strong academics. Okay, okay, yeah. So, okay, great. So, um, so tell us um, one thing that I always think is important, and, and we've done in a lot of interviews here, and we hear about all of the details and the um, um, you know, statistics of, of what's going on, and that's important. But I think what people remember most in any situation are stories. Now, uh, working with youth, you, you 
can't say, you know, specific names or, or those kinds of things, I'm sure. But are there any stories, general stories that you could tell us about uh, somebody maybe who has been there or something that has happened at Oakdale that's kind of um, gives people an idea of something that can stick in their minds? Sure. As, as many of our communities are struggling with the opioid, opioid uh, epidemics, a um, lot of students are being lost in that mix where their families, mom and dad, maybe even grandparents, aunt and uncles, are addicted to drugs. And we have one young lady we're serving this last year. She's been with us for the last three years, um, was, was kind of involved in those type of challenging circumstances. Um, she, both her parents were addicted to drugs. Both her parents um, were incarcerated. Grandparents had to step in and she became a, a guardian of theirs. Um, as grandparents, they, they loved their granddaughter, but they knew they couldn't provide the structure that they needed in their home. So they found out about Oakdale, were able to serve that family, and this young lady who came to Oakdale, uh, even though growing up in a church, she heard about Jesus all her life, she never had made the personal commitment. Mm. She made a personal commitment to Christ. Her main, excuse me, her main emphasis over the years has been praying, specifically praying for her parents. And over the last couple of years, her parents have become drug-free. Wow. They still struggle, and they're not able to have her as back in her in. She cannot be back in their home. However, they are doing their best to stay off drugs. And I believe it's a mm. true testament to their daughter praying for them specifically. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and that's, um, you know, people, she, she didn't come probably with that in mind. Oh, I'm going to go there to, you know, learn more about God and become a Christian. <laughs> but, but when she gets there, she realizes, okay, that's not what I was seeking, but that really was what she was seeking. Right. You know, that's the... That's the bottom line, and um, thankfully, you know that's what that's what you guys are doing. And you're not just providing what people are seeking or are coming there for. You're providing what they really need, um, and, and that's that transformational power. As in that story, you know, it's just um, not only for that person, but now it's transforming those around her as well. Um, and seeing that kind of effect, of ripple effect coming outwards now, of seeing a transformed life, and well, wait a minute, we can't act the way we've been doing and, and after we've seen what has happened here and really changing um that, yeah that's great we had we had a parent come to us recently that said you know you're not only changing teenagers lives you're changing families lives mm. and so you are correct it's just one of those things that the ripple effect of of us being there providing the being jesus to these kids and seeing the ripple effect in their homes and their communities and their churches yeah and i think it just i mean we mentioned this but kind of going back to it again of um, that fifth point of distinction of saying when you, when you, it's kind of the um, classic view of boarding school, you think of oh, it's that's for people who can afford it. Very rich, you've got to you know it, you have to make a certain amount to be able to afford something like of this caliber. But that's again, we have to stress that it's um, one of the lowest priced boarding schools, um, and so it's very affordable for any student to attend. These financial aid funds um, that they have are. Um, able to help so you know don't if you're listening to this and you're saying well you know what I think this would be um, something that maybe my son my daughter you know grandson or whatever it is in, in your family you say maybe this would be good for someone in my life um, don't just don't just shut it down and say well we probably couldn't afford it you know definitely uh, give give the school a call you know look into it and and talk to them about what your options are um, because again it is that transformational um, opportunity that you have in front of you. And uh, again, just another one of those ministries 
that as we've seen over these interviews on this show, just being uniquely free Methodists that we wouldn't normally think of. We think of free Methodism and, you know, we think of the Sunday morning church service and maybe the annual conferences and the bishops uh, sometimes, but we don't think of some of these more um, everyday transformational works that are happening every single day around, um, you know, the U.S. and the world. So uh, thank you for all of your work that you're doing there. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. What, what is um, another way that people can get involved? How, how, if they want to help in some way, how can they help? Well, any given week, we are hosting volunteer work teams. Uh, we like to tell people that we are a, a mission field within the United States for our, for our churches. So if you have a church that is looking for a place for your people to serve, but really don't have the resources to go around the world, um, contact us at Oakdale. We'd love to have your team come out and work on projects with us as we improve our campus. We, we, are, we rely heavily on our volunteers that are able to, to come and, and help us with these projects. The other piece, as we mentioned, the affordability of our program. Um, the reason we're able to make it affordable for our families is because we, are, we do uh, rely heavily on scholarship support. So if there's opportunity that you feel led to, to help financially with providing scholarships for students, uh, feel free to give us a give us a call. Awesome. Well, one one quick follow up question on that first point: um, Is there when you when you talk about missions teams, do you is there any certain age that you're looking for, or is that open to any age teams? I have hosted uh, work teams, teen, teenage work teams, all the okay. way up to retiree work teams. Um, love having all different types of people on site. It's one of the best ways to learn more about Oakdale is to come to campus and see us in action and see God working and feel God's presence as you walk across campus and work on projects and, and have meals in our dining halls with the students. And I know a lot of um, youth leaders are, are listening, and so this is an opportunity. Again, it's not going to cost tons of money to, as it would going out of the country. Those are, those are great opportunities, but um, maybe a lot more uh, feasible and uh, easier for you to do something within the United States and so this is an opportunity for, that, that's why I asked the question, because I'm thinking specifically of youth groups that can um, come down and, and use that as a missions opportunity and really change, make a difference, um, and, and do it in, a, in an affordable way as well. Excellent. Cool. Well, um, I, I uh, want to thank you again for talking to us about all this stuff. Is there anything else that we haven't said that you're thinking of? You know, go ahead and check us out on the on the internet. Um, the link will be provided for you after the presentation here, yeah. and look forward to connecting many with you, many of you across the across the internet. It's great. Awesome. Well, thanks again, and uh, everybody, please follow up in one of those ways if you're able to get down there. If you're ever able to visit. Um, you know, call down and see if you can set up a visit or do something to find out a little bit more, especially at the very least, just go on the website and, and look at some of the things, the pictures and see what's coming, um, the, the new hall that they're trying to, to get built here this year and some other things uh, that are just going on. And again, keep in mind that that's representing, it's not just a building you're looking at, it's not just, you know, pictures of a campus. These are representing the lives that we heard just one story today um, that that was three, at least three lives, the parents and the, and the child that were changed. And so this is representing now these 60 kids, and now we're going to have 80 next year, the possibility for. So this is really representing those lives changed. So um, I'm going to invite you to um, 
definitely respond in those ways. And if you are listening to this as well and you have had, you visited Oakdale or you were a student there or you have some connection there, um, call into the show voicemail and tell us all about your experiences and we will want to play that on the next show so others can hear about that experience as well. Thank you for listening and we will see you next week. Thank you.